episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. I'm your host, Tammy, and I want to thank you guys for tuning in with me again tonight for um, the topic of this show is, Are You Spiritually Drowning? Um, so that's our topic. I'll get explain that a little bit more as we move into the show and after I get done with the housekeeping things. So I want to remind you all that the chat line, and let me make sure it is open, but I want to just, yep, the chat line is open for those of you who are listening uh, by way of the Internet. You can certainly chat with me um, and with our listeners through the chat line by just typing in your questions or comments for this show. I will consistently check the chat line for your questions and comments, so be patient there as I monitor both the chat line and the phone line. If you are listening through the phone or by your phone, remember that you can also connect live on the show by selecting the number one. I will pull you in or identify your call. If you do select the number one, I'll pull you in by providing the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits of the number that you're using to call into the show uh, tonight want to also remind you of the trash can concept. Um, interesting enough, and I'm going to be brief here because I want to share something else with you that, that has a lot to do with that concept. But the trash can for our new listeners, the trash can concept, what we do is just ask you to move, uh, preferably your trash can, but whatever you so desire to move. Move it to from its old location to a new location and monitor the times or the number of times that you return to its old location. Um, in doing that, be mindful of your thoughts or your mind taking you back to where it is accustomed uh, for the trash can being or whatever it is that you move. So allow that to help you understand how our mind keeps up with you can call it your thoughts or your minds or whatever, but it keeps up with even the smallest things that we do. And I continue to say that because it is so important that we understand really what that means in our lives, how we keep up with things, even the things that happen to us. Um, some people can easily maneuver through life, and they say they, the things that they went through as a child does not affect them or has not affected their life. I say kudos to you, but there are many, many, many people who are still struggling in the area of holding on to things that have deeply wounded them, that they can't seem to get get over. And we should be able to, specifically or certainly as I address this topic tonight, that's exactly what the Word of God should do in our lives. It should bring freedom. It should... It should um, it should bring us from our past, and it it should clear clear where we are today. It should it should make whatever you're going through today okay, and it should set the stage for your future. It should give you hope for your future if we're operating properly in the Word of God. And again, so um, 
so needed to talk about as we approach this topic tonight. So if you have not moved your trash can for our new listeners, please do that and and, uh, monitor the times that you go back and then give that some thought process. I wanted to share that even more tonight because I recently just have not been able to park in my garage for many, many years now because it was just so much stuff in there. Well, this past Saturday, I've been working on it. It's been a project of mine for, for a long time now, but I finally, finally completed it. And it was just overwhelming. It felt so wonderful. I took pictures and sent it to people that have never known that I was working on, on my garage. But the point is of this, I found myself a number of times still going out my front door, but my truck is in the garage because I have, over the years, I've become accustomed to going out my front door and my truck is in my driveway. Well, I went out a number of times and my truck was not in my driveway. It's in my garage. So, again, mindful of how our lives or our minds keep up with our lives and what's going on and what we're doing, and it just becomes accustomed to what we're doing. So I found that so, so very enlightening and funny because the first time I went out and did see my truck for a minute there, I had totally forgotten it was in the garage. So imagine that. As you think about that concept, think about this. Sow a thought, reap an action, you sow an action, you reap habit, you sow habits, you reap character, and our character becomes our destiny. So think about this, where your thoughts are leading you. And and I want to ask you as we move into tonight's topic, do you ever consider your thoughts? So I know that may sound a little bit crazy. Do you ever kind of sit and think about what you think about or the things that pop up in your head? Again, may may sound a bit crazy, but I want to um, let me let me use a better word as I go into this scripture. Maybe a better word is captive. Do you ever take captive your thoughts? Um, I can give you an example. There's sometimes, and and you can surely I'm sure can relate to this, but oftentimes if you really think about it, thoughts just pop in your head. I know I can I can be watching TV. My mind is on the TV. I'm looking at the TV. I'm into this show, and thoughts are just going on in my head. I'm somewhere else. Um, it doesn't matter where I am, who I'm with, or what I'm watching. Oftentimes, if, if, if you'll notice this, your mind just goes to work. So do you ever, it's a good question for tonight, do you ever take your thoughts captive? Because the Word does tell us in uh I think it's Corinthians, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive. It says every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It doesn't say we take some of them or the ones that we want to do, we don't take captive, or the ones that we don't want to do. It doesn't say that. It says take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, Question, so how so how often do you take your thoughts captive? Just something to ponder on. And, again, I thought it was very relevant as we approach tonight's topic, um, which is are you spiritually drowning? With a focus on and a reminder that Jesus walks on water. Jesus walked on water. So uh, think about that. We, as the people of God, we have all this knowledge We have the Word of God. We proclaim to read it. We go to church and and so forth. Uh, But many of us, if we're honest, 
we're spiritually drowning. Or we find ourselves from time to time feeling that way. So I want to read tonight's topic because, again, or, or description of, to, of tonight's topic because some of you don't get to see this. And so I want to read it because this is very, very important. It is so important. I know you guys may get tired of hearing scripture, but unless we start to change and walk according to God's word, live God's word, and really allow it to manifest in our lives and just do what it says, even when we don't want to, we're not going to change as a people. We're not going to change as an individual. So that's why... For me, like I said, it's it's not these shows. Yes, I want to help everybody, but i got to help myself too. So as I say and I come on, that these shows, you think these are for you? No, they they really are for me as well in a mighty, mighty way. So let me share tonight's description of, of tonight's show. It goes as this. Why are people of God spiritually drowning? Jesus walks on water. To drown means to sink go down, under, die, or obscure. The word obscure means the same as incomprehensible, doubtful, and unclear. Romans 1 and 18 instructs that since the time of creation, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen and is understood. God made it plain so that people are without excuse. If you feel that you are spiritually drowning, not experiencing God, or maybe life just seems incomprehensible, doubtful, and or unclear, then perhaps you are spiritually drowning. Do you clearly understand God's eternal power? Is it plain to you? Are you living a life without excuses today? Do you have a form of godliness but the power thereof is null and void. And basically it goes on to to say, tune in as we discuss why many are spiritually drowning and the danger of the excuses. It is time to put on the whole armor of God. It is time that we take the sword of the Spirit. It is time to get out of the water. It is time to walk on the water. John 14 and 12 Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. So I ask, are we people doing greater things? Okay, so let's define a few key words before moving forward. That was, again, the description of the show that I put out there with just a few changes um, about the times and so forth, but... Before going forward, I want to look at just a few key words, um, provide the definition, or better yet, the way I like to do it is give words that mean the same as those words or synonyms of those words, beginning with spiritually. Um, And I wonder how many of you just really know other words that mean the same as spiritually. And when I look those up, basically the words that, it's provided is for spiritually, it's mentally, emotionally, internally, morally, and sacredly. And words that mean the same as drowning, even though that word seems so simple, is sinking, dying, and or masking. And masking stood out to me, so I went a bit farther and, and looked up the synonym for the word masking. 
and those are camouflaging and hiding. And when I think about the camouflaging and hiding, I think about how for me for so long I hid, gosh, I was drowning. I I wasn't drowning. I had drowned. I mean, I had gone underwater and floated to the bottom, not back up, to the bottom of the ocean. And so those words stood out so much to me, the camouflaging and hiding. And I think, I feel that a, a number of us, we do that. We spiritually, we're, we're spiritually drowning, but we're hiding that because we feel like no one else is doing that. And everybody else seems to be fine, uh, at least that's what they portray. So it leaves us in a sense or a state of not um, exposing how how we're doing spiritually or what we're doing spiritually. So those are those those are the words that mean the same as those. Now, going a bit further with the spirituality, the root word, as you know, for spirituality is spiritual. And words that mean the same as spiritual are I just listed two because again they were most interesting. Unworldly and divine. And unworldly uh stood out the most. So words that mean the same as spiritual, according to what I looked up, Basically, for this show, we'll use unworldly. It seems to me today that most everyone is pronouncing, and I I remember hearing this years and years and years ago by a a girl that I talked to. I hadn't talked to her in a while, and she was overseas, and she says, you know, every time I come home, um, she came back from overseas, and she says, every time I come home, it just seems like everybody is, is, is turning to God. Everybody is becoming so spiritual. This was years and years and years ago. But it does seem that everyone is pronouncing spirituality and proclaiming to be a spiritual person, and there's nothing wrong with that. More people are going to church, and seemingly on a consistent basis, um, more people seem to know Scripture, and for the most part, they can quote it very, very, very well. I I see the number of spiritual postings on Facebook and on Twitter, I hear about them on Twitter. I shouldn't say I see them because I don't have Twitter that I check. I have it, but I don't check it. And we all claim to be spiritually growing. And, again, nothing wrong with that, the things you're doing. But here's here's the question. Are you changing? Are we changing? Because through that growth, we should change. We should become more Christ-like. So of all the things you're doing, places you're going, are you changing? Are you becoming a new person even to yourself? Are you more, some ways to figure this out? Are you, do you possess more peace? Are you more peaceful even when you're going through? Do you love better? Do you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Answer that question for yourself and hold on to it for a while there, and and we're going to come back to it, but Again, are you more peaceful? Do you love better? Do you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Do you love your neighbors as you love yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you have pure heart and and clean hands? Do you desire to have those things? And why is there so much confusion in this world going on? Even in our lives, we're just we're here today, we're there tomorrow, we're on the fence. As, as Jocasta says, double-dutching, all those things. And God is not the author of confusion. 
So why are we not experiencing the power and the peace and the abundance of God? Why are we spiritually drowning? Why does it seem so many of us are spiritually drowning? And remember the word says that Jesus came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So before providing my opinion of of why I feel many of us and why I think I fell into that that, uh, sinkhole, um, I want to share a story. It's kind of a poem that I found, and I found it so interesting. So it's a little long, but I want to read it. And then I want to share a very a, a personal experience of mine that I hope will help help you as well that has helped me to get through those days, those sinking days. Um, so let me get the poem up. And, again, it's a little long, not too, too long, but longer than I like to read. So bear with me. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I am uh, going to share this, this short story, short, long story or poem about spiritually drowning, and I found this on allpoetry.com, so I want to give all the credit that's due there, but allpoetry.com is where I found this, and the title is Spiritually Drowning. Why do I feel this way? It hurts every part of my body. I have never been as scared as I am now. I have walked so close to you this past year closer to you than ever before, but lately I have felt so far away. I'm not hearing you as clearly. Your voice is growing fainter and fainter. All I can hear now is my own heartbeat. I can feel your presence. I just can't hear your voice. Lord, I need to hear your voice just once, just once so I can follow you out of this darkness I am in. I'm walking so close to you, but something is pulling me away from you. It is getting harder and harder to hang on. My mind is trying to fool my heart. What is this force that is pulling me away from you? Is it my friends? It was the other night at the bonfire that I first realized I can't hear you anymore. But then I didn't care. It was then that I felt what I thought was freedom. I was going to do what I wanted to do. I could care less what everyone else thought. I didn't even care who I hurt. I almost gave in to my temptation. I knew something was not right, so I decided to just hold on. I got out of this situation barely, but I may not get out of the next one. I have struggled in my Christian walk before, but never like this. This time is different. This is the first time I have ever felt like I am spiritually drowning. And I still feel it. It's not going away. I don't know what to do. I can't take it anymore. I just want to give up. But I will hold on just a little longer. Please give me the strength to hold on. I have been praying about this for a long time now. The people I love the most have been praying about this same thing, as you know, but they don't know. The only thing they know is that it is an unspoken prayer request that I have every Sunday and Wednesday night. They don't know the size of it. They don't know if it is big or small. They don't know how easily and hard I could fall. All they know is that there is 
something going on in my life that I don't want to share with everyone. I know that I should talk to them. I know that I can I can and they won't turn me away. I know they won't look down on me because of this struggle. They will help me with your with your help. First to my knees, then to my feet. Lord, I want to talk to them about this. I really do, but I'm scared. I'm scared because I know to talk to them, I will first have to let down my guard. And so there's some key points going on here, so keep listening. Just a little bit more. I will have to let down my guard. I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I can. And if I can, what am I supposed to say? Hey, I'm spiritually drowning here, and I need your help. You know, maybe that's exactly what I need to say. Something has to give, and soon. I don't know how much more I can take. I don't know how much longer I can hold on. I don't know how much longer I can hold my breath. It is starting to show now. People are going to start seeing me drowning. They are going to try and pull me out of this, but in reality, you're the only one who can pull me out. The only thing they can do is help keep me from backsliding. But first, before I fight for this, I need to know that there's still hope. Please speak to me just once so I know there is. Please, Lord, reach out your hand and pull me up to you. And that that was just, I read that, and I found this actually this weekend. I didn't find it at the time I, I scheduled the show. But if, if you, for those of you who were able to hear that, and if you can relate, I know I certainly can. I didn't quite put it into the, the words as this writer did, but certainly there are so many things in that writing that I could relate to. So I wanted to share that story, and I hope it blessed you, and I hope you were able to pull some things out of it, particularly about um, the hope. Many of us are spiritually drowning because we've lost hope, and when you lose hope, that's, that's losing your faith in God. So you're doing all these things. You're having, you're, you look like you have, you have this form of godliness, as the word says, but the power is not there. So we have to, number one, acknowledge where we are when, when we're there. And this, this writer for sure is doing the right thing in getting people to pray, but sometimes we just need to confess what we're going through to the point exactly. That alone defeats. Satan. That alone, because now you have you have someone who maybe has been through that same thing and say, "Look, I understand, and this is what worked for me." So acknowledge is the first step in whatever you're going through. That goes back to having that accountability partner or someone that you know that's not going to judge you, that's going to pray for you, and not just say that they're going to pray for you, but truly pray for you and lift you up. Call your name out before the Lord. So hope that blessed someone. Um, I'm going to get back to the topic, and I want to make sure I'm right back where um, right back where I left off. So we were we ended there just talking about um, do you love better? Are you changing? Do you have pure heart? Clean? Do you have a pure heart and clean hands? 
And my per I said I wanted to share the story and my personal uh experience and you've heard for our listeners who've been here before and many times you I'm sure you've heard me talk about becoming a parent, um, to Brandon. But that I thank God for the the ability to be a mom, the the um blessing to be a mom because that is the biggest thing, just the biggest thing that has been so helpful in me, helping me to understand who I am, who God is, um, and who I am through Christ, and who God is in, who the God is in me. It has helped me understand what God expects of me as well. Through understanding what I expect of Brandon, I better understand what God expects from me, which is obedience. True obedience. And it says clearly that obedience is better than sacrifice. And I'm going to share some some things with you on that as well. But some of my, getting back to my example, some of my most memorable times or moments of being a parent is having someone, whether it's someone I know or not, confirm that even when I'm not around or Brandon's dad, father's not around, someone's saying, your son is so obedient and so respectful and so loving. He has a kind heart. Um, those are precious moments to me because what it's, what it's saying is that this child is listening to the teachings of his father and I that we've instilled in him. Not that he's a perfect child because he's not always, but what I'm saying, some of the most memorable times has been those times where you do hear that when he's just decided to go against himself, to go against what his friends were saying to do, what he wanted to do, and made a decision based on the right thing to do and what he has been taught and what he, the knowledge that he knows has been so plain to him. As I started the show out talking about uh, God has made, revealed everything to us, the knowledge, and everything is so plain to us. He did it in a way so that we understand, so that we will be without excuses. And one reason we're spiritually drowning, we're going to get into that, is because we are we are with excuses. We make excuses for the decisions we make, for our choices. So, again, becoming a parent, being a parent, um, and, and hearing those words from other people, in a sense, as God wants us to to glorify him through our obedience and to do everything to be pleasing to him and to bring glory to his kingdom. When you're a child, if you're a parent or one day will be, when your children do that, in a sense for me, it is bringing, it's bringing glory to you as parents. It's saying that you've raised a child, and again, not perfect children, not perfect children, and, and the child has to have a will to do what's right as well. And be obedient. But think about that as, as God's word says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Why is it? And I want to answer that in my opinion. Obedience is better than sacrifice because sacrifice can just be a religious act or simply an, a performance for for others based on a religious duty or, or a worldly duty. But sacrifice in some instances it, it can be easy to do because you're trying to feed yourself in most cases. But when we obey God, then that comes from 
the heart. It's an act of devotion and commitment to God. Just as I related to being a parent and having your children do the same, even when you are not around. But think about this. God is always around. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So there's never a time where he doesn't see what you're doing. He doesn't know what you're thinking. So when we are obedient, rather than sacrificing, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sacrificing, but, again, sacrifice, even to a higher degree, can be done for and with the wrong motives. And if we're not careful careful with sacrificing, we're still um we're still doing what we want to do because we're making at that point we can make a choice to sacrifice or not. But when you're obedient to God's word, again, that's from the heart. You're saying, I know I have the knowledge of God. It's plain and simple. I know what to do here. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I know I'm walking on thin line. I know I'm I'm on the fence. I know I'm on the left side today. I'm on the right side tomorrow. I know when I'm making a wrong choice, a bad decision. I know when I'm going against the word of God. As I said earlier, do you take your thoughts captive? As the word says, it doesn't say one or two. It says take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Do we do that? In most cases, we don't. We do what we want, and we depend on God's grace and mercy and his love for us. Would I want Brandon to do that as a child? Oh, I know my mom loves me, so I know she told me not to go to this party, but I'm going to go anyway. She loves me. She'll get over it. She'll let me go again. If our children did that consistently, what would we think? How would that make us feel? And there's and, and don't get me wrong here, there's you can't we cannot compare. There's no comparison to God's love for us. None. What I'm saying is that was that was a helpful tool tool for me to help me understand that God loved me so much, so much, and the word tells us so much that he gave his only son. And for what? For the way that we're living our lives today? Claiming, professing to know God, are we bringing, the way that I live, I had to ask myself, is it bringing glory to the kingdom of God? Is it winning disciples? Is it making people want to know who my God is? Is it drawing people closer? Is it drawing people to read their words? And that's a question we we need to be able to say yes to. We absolutely need to be able to say yes. It's not my singing. It's not my instrument playing. It's not the car I drive. It's not the house I have. It's, it's, it's what they see in me. It's the changes that they see in me. It's the light, God's light that they see in me. That's what we should be asking ourselves. Again, going to church, all the other things that I mentioned earlier are fine, but are you changing? Because if God never hands out any more favor, any more grace or mercy on our lives, it's all been done. All that he did on Calvary is enough for us. It, he could stop there and it would be over and done. 
So, again, to help you understand that, I wanted to give you that example, but obedience is better than sacrifice. God's word says it. And at the end of the day, God really wants us. He wants us to love and serve him. And doing that means that we have to give up who we are. We have to give up our lives um, rather than the small religious sacrifices or the acts. We have to give up who we are. We have to give up those decisions that we want to make or those things that we want, even in the midst of knowing that they're not the things that God wants for us. They're not the decisions that God would have us make at that time. So to a degree, sacrifices can be a sign of rebellion. It's choosing our way instead of God's way. And, and again, to a degree, it's simply just continuing to do what we want to do, making that decision at that time, making that choice. And in some instances, it's doing what we don't want to do and wondering why we're at this certain place afterwards. Because the Word also tells us the things that we, we know we ought not to do or we say we're not going to do, we find ourselves doing it. But don't we still make those choices? So basically God wants all of us. He wants us to do what he wants us to do and not what we want to do. And when we continue to do what we want to do, we will find ourselves drowning because light and darkness cannot exist. The flesh and the Holy Spirit cannot remain. Something has to go. So when we're obedient, it shows that we trust in what God has done for us and that we're we're basically resting in that. It shows that we acknowledge God as God. And First John, not First John, I think it's just John, tells us, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he is the best who loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved by my Father. And that... I will manifest myself in that person. So why are we spiritually drowning? Because the word says we should have life and have it more abundantly. And not speaking about things, not speaking about the big house, the big car, the purses, the the name brand thing. We're not talking about that because, as you know, many people have those things and they are miserable because they're seeking the wrong things. Lately, we've talked about, we've had several shows, as I thought about this today, several shows that I feel like they're so relevant to our spiritual growth and where we're, we are tonight with Are We Spiritually Drowning? Um, number one, what's the root of it all? The second show was the seven deadly sins, and we had a part one and a part two there. We started with pride, the most deadly. And then the last one I I wanted to remind you of was the woman to woman am I, my, am I my sister's keeper and although that show was focused on women you know we have to ask ourselves are we keeping anyone we should be everybody's keeper we should be so in tune with the ones that we love until we know when they're spiritually drowned we know when something's going wrong we know when they've gone under one too many times as I shared this story with you. So 
So I'm going to check the chat line, take a quick break here and check the chat line. And I'm going to also check our phone lines. And remember, for those of you who are listening by way of the phone and you do want to get in on this, select the number one. And that will let me know you're out there. And let's check the chat line. Obedience is a type of sacrifice. You are destroying yourself to become more Christ-like. That's a good way to put that. So sacrifice sacrifice yourself and be obedient. I agree. I totally agree. I didn't think of it that way, but you're exactly right. So that's uh, from one of our chat lines. One of our people in the chat here, uh, obedience is a type of sacrifice. You are destroying yourself to become more Christ-like. And, of course, the Word tells us for sure that we have to die to self. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. So some of us just need to realize Nail some stuff to that cross and pick that cross up to remind us not not to go there, not to stay there, as a reminder that I'm moving forward. I'm following God. I can't bring all this stuff and keep it. As you carry that cross, some stuff shall fall off because God's word is transforming. It changes us. And if you're doing all those things that I mentioned earlier, early on in the show, and you're not changing, you're going to feel like you're drowning because you're not following through. And when you don't follow through, you're, you're, what you're doing is in vain. You know, that's, uh, that makes me think about golf. I'm, how many times is it you got to follow through with your shot? What do you mean follow through? And once you get a concept of that, it's so much better. But it took me a while to understand, what does it mean, follow through my shot? So if you get to a point where you're not following through with what you're starting, you can start something, same as my garage, as I shared with you all earlier. Some of you weren't on, so I'll share that story real quick again, but it's so, so awesome because it, it reminds me of the trash can concept with me parking in my garage. I'm so used to going out for the last, I don't know how many years now, five years probably, uh, I've not been able to park in my garage since moving back here, and things were just all over my garage, and I finally completed that project. And I've gone out my front door several times to get in my truck, but my truck is in the garage because my mind is so used to going out the front door. So our mind, it keeps up with, with everything. We have to take those thoughts captive. But we're so busy, we're so caught up, we're so conformed to the patterns of this world until we don't take thoughts captive. We just do what we want, we do what we think about, and, and, and so be it. We'll deal with it later. I have God's grace and mercy upon my life. God loves me. God understands. That's what we say. And when God is really saying, be obedient. So let's move on because, again, I want to keep the shows under an hour when and if possible. So I want to give out a few scriptures uh, before moving forward. Not too, too much to go. Um, John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And another one is Ephesians 6 and 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. One more, I think, let's see here. Hebrews 4 
and 12. Uh, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I want to read that one one more time. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, why is that so important? Because I want to go back a little bit in speaking about the Holy Spirit and the word being, uh, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, number one. We have to know the Word of God in order to be obedient to the Word of God. Just as I share with you the story of being a parent, being a parent, that means I have to express my expectations, or should. We should as parents. We should express and make known to our children what we expect of them and tell them who they are. I remember being identified as Mr. Gator's granddaughter. Some of them didn't know my name, but they knew that's Mr. Gator's granddaughter. So if they saw Mr. Gator's granddaughter acting up, they know they knew because they knew who Mr. Gator was that that she wasn't raised that way. Her her granddaddy, they know they knew my granddaddy, they knew my grandmother. But I remember so many of them. You Mr. Great, you Mr. Gator's granddaughter. So if we're God's children, we're we're claiming to be who we are, then people are looking at us. And 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 God wants us to do everything to bring glory and to bring disciples to him. So if we're them, if we're conformed to this way to this world. So what I'm saying there is I go into why my opinion of why we're spiritual drowning is because we are not we have that form of godliness. We know we have the knowledge. We know everything because as I started out, it God made it so plain, so clear, so that we be without excuses. That's the word. That's not Tammy's talking there. That's the word. So he made it so so plain, so clear, so that we would be without excuse. So think about that, moms, dads, or if you if you were a mom and a dad and you told your child exactly what you expect of them. And when they come in the house, the last thing you with it you're getting on them, the last thing Brandon could have t- start talking, no, talking for what? Because you knew you knew what I said. You know what I said. So whatever you have to say is an excuse because it wasn't an emergency because you didn't call me. So the word is so plain to us so that we would be without excuse. And for the most part, many of us today, including myself, we make excuses for what to, in order to be able to do what we want to do. So, in my opinion, the reason so many of us, is a number of reasons, but it's one thing that I want us to really focus on, and that is the Holy Spirit. Many of us, the Holy Spirit indwells, in my opinion, in every believer. But we ignore it. We insult it, grieve it, quench it, we deprive it so much so until we do drown because it's there. And so you're fighting. Your light and darkness is fighting. Your flesh and the spirit is in conflict. 
But without a change in heart that's produced by the Holy Spirit, that you allow to take over, to take part, that you choose to have an encounter with, unless you have that and it's taking place within your heart or a deep, genuine desire for this change, because if you if you deeply desire it, some point you're gonna you, you hopefully you will give into it, and then we gotta incorporate this with an act of obedience and constant work to be pleasing to be pleasing to God and to bring glory to His kingdom. If we looked at everything we did, just as if we are looking at taking those thoughts captive, if we look at everything we did and said, you know, what is this saying about my character, who I am? who I represent. Is this a Christ-like move here, a Christ-like act, or is this a Tammy act? I know it's a lot. It's a lot to do and to think on. But God's word changes us. It transforms us. It's dying to our, it, it makes us die to ourselves. And it takes time to transform. It takes Time to change. It really does. And it is not a comfortable, glamour, um, popular process. And and now looking back, it almost has to be not a not so popular process because you need time to really figure out what are you trans what were you? Were you that tadpole that turned into frog or were you the Caterpillar that turned into the butterfly. What were you before? Were you a liar? Were you a thief? Were you deceptive? Were you prideful? Were you envious? What What are you being transformed for? From? And then understand that the Holy Spirit comes in and 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 gets you through changes that transforms that. And without that, you're going in the water. And you can't swim. And you don't have a life jacket. And you don't know that you have a source. You don't know that you have a lifeline, which is God. So you're going in the water, committing suicide, looking to drown. And a lot of us, when we make those decisions and choices or allow those thoughts to manifest, when we don't take those thoughts captive, that's what we're doing. So we have to allow the process of change and transformation uh, to take place. Because many of us, we're still born of the flesh. We're still living out the flesh and not the spirit. Now, does that mean we're perfect people? Absolutely not. I'm so far from perfect. But when I look back, and as I said, it takes time to go through this process. I feel like I've been really seriously going at this now, seriously, maybe five five to seven years, I guess. I mean, really going after it. And there's been some low points. Like I said, there's been some points where I feel like I've sank to the bottom of the ocean. And nobody even saw me go in the water. So they didn't even know to come help me get out. Because as I said, it's, a, it's also a not-so-popular um, process. You begin to battle light with light and darkness. So it's a very uncomfortable process.
process and feeling. But if you allow it to go through, if you allow it to move about. I remember um, sharing with you guys, if, if you all listened to this show, a few, maybe a month or two ago, and this is this may seem so small and so insignificant, but to me it's a it's a it's a testimony of of my process of my growth. But I I purchased um, some car mats some to my mats for my truck, and I bought them home. And as I was opening them up, I tore them. They're the little vinyl kind, so. Didn't realize you could tear. They tear so easily, but I tore, I tore them, and instantly my flesh, Tammy, me, said, "Oh, I could just take them back and tell them they were already tore." And just as instantly as I said that to myself, I instantly heard something else. Really, Tammy, are we still here? Are we still to where you'd be okay taking something back, saying that it was already tore? Because that's a lie. That's deceitful. So those mats never did, they're in the back of my truck, but they never did make it on my floor. I don't know what it is, so now I'm just, it, and it wasn't It wasn't about uh, feeling guilty. It's just, it was It was enlightening. I was proud of that moment, really, because I'm thinking, wow, this is really getting serious. This is, we're getting down to those things because if we allow the small things to happen, if we allow, if we're okay with taking those things, taking things like that back and saying, you know, they were tore. That's a lie. They weren't tore. I tore them. So to me, that was a huge thing in my life because it was a point in time in my life I would have been so comfortable and would have argued those people down that they were torn when I bought them. But thank God I did not take them back. I didn't even put them on my floor. I don't have anything down on my truck. I'll get there. I'll get to that point because I still I can still use them. Another situation even now where it would be it would benefit me to to financially to create some paperwork uh, and and be able to claim something in a different way because that's what people say. Well, why don't you just do this and they'll do this? And for a minute I thought about it, but it ate at my spirit so bad. And I said, that's not who you are anymore. You don't need to do that. That's like being Mr. Greater Gator's granddaughter and he having a store, which he did, and you go over to somebody else's store and steal candy when your granddaddy has a candy store. And he says you can eat everything free out of it. That's crazy. I have a father that knows all, all-powerful, all-knowing. I don't have to do stuff like that. That's deceitful. That's lying. And it seem, it may seem insignificant. It may seem just not important. You may think that's a bit much. But the way I look at that, when you do those small things, that it becomes part of your character. It becomes easy to do something else. It becomes easy to do something else. And before long, you've added on so much until... You're doing some. You're you're telling some big lies now. So to me, it was a glimpse of my transformation, my change. Not perfect by far, but it reminds me. It's made my cross a little lighter. I'll say that. As we say, pick up your cross and 
the word says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. My cross is getting a little lighter. Still got to carry it as my reminder, certainly, because it's easy one day to get up and make another choice. But I see things falling off, small things, big things. And it's only through that encounter with the Holy Spirit because, as I said also on this show, without God in my life, I can't trust myself. And if you all be honest, hopefully you would say the same thing. Because we are, we prefer darkness. The Word tells us that. So without that transformation and that change and becoming more Christ-like, allowing God to work and move in your life and change you, and you pick up your cross, you want to daily. You want to change. You want to become more Christ-like. Your sins start to become uncomfortable to you. Your flesh begins to be uncomfortable to you. Because, because for me, I'll say, because I see the people who know my granddad, and I know that they know me, and I know they know my granddaddy. I know they know whose child I am. So people know that you're claiming God. People see you at church. People see you shouting. People see you reading your word. People see you talking about the glory of God. So allow them to see the glory of God. Not hear you talking about it, but to see the glory of God upon your life. So it's those small things like the car mat and the situation I'm going through with with my hot water tank, I'll say that. So it's just we have to get to a point where we just become obedient. We have to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit revealing and expecting truth from us, that sanctifying power that indwells, indwelling by the Holy Spirit. It can create a life of righteousness. It is possible. But we've told ourselves just the opposite. That we can't we can do this. We can't we can't live righteous. But if we continue to tell ourselves that it won't be a desire, it won't be a mission for us. And the word says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So he it says, Seek ye first. The king, the righteousness. We got to focus more on that righteousness. Are we really seeking the kingdom and righteousness? Are we seeking self through our pride and other those seven deadly sins? As I mentioned, the show that we had. You know, just what are we seeking? Are we using God's grace and mercy as an excuse to do what we want to do to continue to live in the flesh? I wouldn't want, as a parent, I wouldn't want Brandon to use my love for him or um, my parenting to get what he wanted, to just do what he wanted and say, you know, again, my my mom's cool. She loves me so much she won't do anything. Because as much as I loved him, even he got to see. He's going to get me for this. I think I've shared this before, though. Um, As much as I loved him, I can remember one time where I just get out. Get, leave here, get out, and I put him out as much as I love him. 
Because see, you've gone one step too far, and I didn't allow too many steps. You didn't allow. It might have been, I mean, and I told him, get out, and I made him get out. And he called his dad and said, what am I supposed to do? And I said, you wanted to go to the party? Now you can go. You are free. Make your choice. You only have to make a choice now. You can go. Because that's what it, that's what it was about. I said no to him going to a party, and he's 16 now. And thinks he's, you know, like they say, smelling himself, grown. And and um, he said, I don't know what he said, but he said something that, that wasn't going to happen up in here. He said, very disrespectful, I remember it being, or I took it to be. And I said, don't get out. Can't take anything with you. I should make you take what you have on because that's mine too. Get out. And so we can't. We wouldn't want our children. I'm saying that to say we wouldn't want our children to use our love as a parent to manipulate or just to, as another reason to do what they want. We say you don't go here because this is not an appropriate place or this is not uh, becoming of you. But they decide to go anyway. And again, not that kids are going to always make the right decision, but as parents, we should expect them to, or at least have them know that we expect them to think about their choices, think about their thoughts, think about their decisions, think about the company that they keep. I remember a young man telling me, and I I, I called him today before the show to kind of remember this story completely, but... The gist of it was that his mom had told him, I believe, not to leave the house. She was off. She was gone. And he was a young teenager, and his buddies came by and wanted him to walk to the store with them. He had time to go. Mom would have never known. Mom wouldn't have have found out, so he thought. Um, But he made the decision, no, my mom's. Uh, my mom told me not to go anywhere, and I got food in here. I'm cool. Well, those kids that invited him to the store went to the store, and they robbed the store. So had he not been obedient, had he not listened, then he would have been part of that crew, and they all did time. And sometimes we're that same way. God God tells us the word is clear. We have the knowledge. Yet we choose to do what we want to do. We choose to satisfy flesh rather than listening to the Holy Spirit and the voice of God. And we wonder why we're where why we're where we are sometimes. Why are we drowning? And why are we not experiencing God? His Almighty power, power in our lives, and why we're not experiencing the change in our lives. And the word tells us that the hairs on our head are numbered. And if you really think about that, does that mean that so when we lose one, God knows what number we lost? That He knows us so much so, so you can't hide anything from Him anyway. So we certainly, I mean, we have the will or the way to make better choices because we have the knowledge. But what are we doing with it? We're basically an empty temple with no power. 
but we're still pronouncing God. We're expecting the gifts of the Spirit, but are we allowing the Holy Spirit to move us? Are we being led and fed by the Holy Spirit? And again, does the way we live our lives exalt God and does it build his kingdom? Now, that's a question we should consistently ask ourselves. So what I wanted to do in tonight's show is basically introduce or talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I want to check the phone lines again here. And I'm also going to check the chat line, so bear with me one second here. Okay. I just passed those. Okay. Um, What I wanted to do tonight, I'm going to come to an end here. It's 9 o'clock in just a minute. But what I wanted to do, I'm going to do a part two on this only because it got to be a little deep for me, deeper than I expected to go here. And I want to, I came across where I got to a point of comparing or, um, I shouldn't say comparing, but looking into the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. Because my opinion is that the reason, one reason, we are spiritually drowning is because we we lack um, we lack in allowing the Holy Spirit to uh, change our heart. We lack uh, making the right decision to follow the Holy Spirit to die to self daily, and that that's heavy for me. It became heavy on my heart. It became a battle. And so I was spiritually drowning. But I want to read, um, to me, basically, the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, is, is the voice and the breath of God that dwells in us, that we hear, but we ignore. So listen to this, Ezekiel 36, uh, 26 through 27, I believe it is. Um, the Lord says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways There is something about The word within I will put my spirit within you There was a time When I needed to be reminded And this is just paraphrasing um, Some some works here But there was a time when I needed to be reminded His spirit was within me I remember reading that And for days I walked around thinking His spirit is within me Christ is in me By his spirit just as he was with the disciples. So for me, it's it's amazing to realize that the Spirit, His Spirit lives within us and that we, we oftentimes just don't pay attention to it at all. We do what we want to do, all while knowing that we have the knowledge of God's power. Again, I can't say this enough because he made it so plain so that we be without excuses. So we hear the voice, we know the voice, but do we obey? And so tonight I want to, again, take some time this week to think about, read about, study the Holy Spirit. Read scriptures on the Holy Spirit. Think about a time where you feel you've heard the voice. Where you've been instructed, directed to make better decisions. To walk away from self, 
to do something different, to go against what you want to do, to go against following the crowd. And with all this um, spiritual stuff going around, we consistently, the divorce rate consistently uh, grows higher. Suicide rate continues to grow. All those things continues to grow. So are we really, are we changing? Look at your life, look at your walk and ask yourself, what's the root of it all for you? Do you continue to come back to the same place often with the same people? If not the same people, same type of people? Are you operating in one or all of the seven deadly sins? If so, why? What's the root of it all? Because there is a root to what we go through. There's something that you feel deprived of, in need of, searching for. In most cases, it has something to do with one of those seven deadly sins. Something that has happened that has caused you some a great deal of hurt, pain. And we don't give enough credit to... I shouldn't say credit. We don't uh, acknowledge enough the things of our past, not to hold on to them, but to deal with them. Somehow we feel overlooking them or acting as if they don't exist or didn't exist or they don't, they didn't leave a root in us uh, makes it okay. I remember hearing the story, and I don't know if I'll, perfectly say this exactly the way it was, but um, about the, a dog um, being in an accident and hurting his hind legs. And so um, they were not attended to, so when the dog walks, he drags his hind legs and eventually had puppies. And because the puppies had seen, you know, the, the mother walk this way or dragging the hind legs, that's how they walked as well, but nothing's wrong with their legs. They're perfectly healthy, fine, and can walk. So we mimic what we see. We take in what we go through as as children. And as I said early on in the show, some of us can breathe through things, or seemingly we do. We we say that we do, Um, and that's okay. I say if you're able to, kudos to you. Show somebody, help somebody how to do the same. But for the most part, Many of us are holding on to stuff, stuff that just we need to let go, basically, that kind of stuff. And as I said, you know, the Word of God eliminates your past, and it makes your present, okay, I can deal with this, because you know who you are, you know who has you in in his hands, you know who knows how many hairs are on your head. They're numbered. So it that, it validates your, your future. It brings hope for your future. And so we need to allow the Word to do that. But next week I'm going to cover and end this series um, with, as I said, it brought me to a point of looking into the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And what I also find 
interesting is that I find many people, many people search for, pray for, long for the gifts of the Spirit, which are different than the fruit of the Spirit. And to me, that's like um, expecting fruit to grow without planting seeds, without planting trees. And so we get caught up. We want to move along too fast in this in this spiritual walk. Because not in order not to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, and I've changed that, that we are addicted to the patterns of this world. We become addicted. Christian folk have become addicted to the patterns of this world. We're no different. We look the same. And that should not be. And as I thought about if we're um, if we're focusing on the gifts of the spirit without operating in the fruits of the spirit, which I'm going to give them to you: love, joy, peace, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Again, love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. So if I don't operate in those things, then how can I expect to be wise, to have wisdom? Where's my knowledge if I'm not operating? Where's my knowledge? What am I doing with my knowledge? Where's my faith? And these are the gifts of the Spirit, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, works of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, discerning tongues. So we got to get to a point, get back to the basics of obeying, being obedient. Understanding that we have the knowledge of God's power because he made it plain so that we would not have excuses, so that we'd be without excuses. So again, it's your personal walk, so... You may be in a different place of why or why you feel you're drowning. That's a question um, that each and every one of us should answer for ourselves. If we all be honest, we've all been there, done that. Some of you might be here tonight or there tonight. Um, and I, I share with you and say this, hold on as I shared the story, and I know some of you came in a bit later, but as I shared the story, Hold on, as that person did. He prayed, God, give me the strength to hold on, not let go. Because every time we let go and go back into the world, it it, it makes it makes the walk just that much harder. So hold on, come up, stand up. Because you cannot drown. If you're a believer and you desire, you desire the Word of God. You desire to be obedient. Along with action and dying of self, you cannot drown. So take some time this week to read about, well, first, kind of just, Assess where you are spiritually. 
What is your spiritual walk doing for the kingdom? Are you winning souls? Are people coming to you because it's something about you that you have? It's something, your light, they see that light. What is it? Are you bringing glory to God and his kingdom? Are you seeking righteousness? Where are you? Just where are you? Where are you in the pool? Are you on the three three feet, seven feet, ten? Where are you? And when you come up, how, how far above the water are you? Think about those things. And as you do, study the Holy Spirit. If that registered with you any, um, read scriptures on the Holy Spirit. Read about the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, because that's what we're going to talk about next week. So um, there is many of them. Um, I want to, again, next week we'll talk more. We'll end this this series. Um, I'll do this again. Had no plans on doing that until today and digging deeper in this. But I want to end with this. I'm going to check before ending. Let me do this just to make sure we're okay. You guys are quiet tonight. But maybe that's a good thing. Um, I want to end with just remember um, it's very it's very important to understand where you are and always be honest with where you are to yourself and go take it to God because we keep nothing from God God sees all knows all is all we cannot keep anything from God so ponder on that Reflect on that. Work on establishing where you are spiritually. Always stay in your word. Cannot say enough about prayer. Um, And remember that God heals your past. And he secures your present. Wherever you are, you are secure. And he gives hope. He anchors your future. So you know that you have a future. If we would just apply ourselves, make the right decisions based on what we know, based on the knowledge of the power of God and what he expects of us through the knowing and reading of his word and being obedient to that word, not sacrificing with expectations from people and from God sometimes, but being obedient. Being that child who wants to be, who wants to represent the kingdom of God. And taking those thoughts, every thought captive, not just one, every thought. If you will start, if you will start to do that just for the rest of the night, you will be amazed. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You'd be amazed. It's certainly worth it. And again, not saying that we will become perfect people ever, but again, that cross should get lighter. We should start experiencing the power. We should start doing those things, doing things greater than than Jesus did. Are we? Are we changing? So remember, the Word of God heals your past and, and it secures your present, but it gives you hope for your future. It anchors your future. Take the time to read some of the scriptures that I gave out. Um, 
Another one to add to your reading is Psalm 139. I won't read that, but that's just talking about God knowing you even before you knew you, before your mom knew you. So read, add to your list Psalms 139, and if you miss some of those, again, the the show, you're able to go back and listen to the show at any time. All the shows are archived. Uh, If you have more time, go back and listen to What's the Root of It All, um, The Seven Deadly Sins, Part 1, Part 2. If you have to listen to just one, I would suggest listening to Part 1. That's the one where we talked about pride. And then Woman to Woman, Am I My Sister's Keeper? I that I know it sounds like a woman show, but it's for all of us. I had some men listening on that show that commented as well, but we need to be keeping each other regardless of who we are. We need to, to learn how to operate in the fruit of the Spirit so that we can better, better live out the gift of the Spirit and come out of the water, come out of drowning, because drowning does not bring glory to God. He says, life and life more abundantly. So I'm going to end there. I'm proud. I went 16 minutes over tonight. I want to thank each and every one of you for for tuning in with me tonight. I, I certainly, I just cannot say thank you enough because, again, this is not a, this is not a show that you would expect people to, to tune in to because we run from the light. We really do. We run from those things that will edify our spirits, our minds, our soul, that will change us and make us better people. We run from those things. So I, I just want to continue to just express my gratitude for those of you who continually continuously come and listen each Monday night. You, 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 you embrace I mean, me with your time and the show. And, again, I just want to continue to also say this show is not for you all. I mean, I do it because I feel led to do it. I feel like it's what God has led me to do for this time in my life. But in doing that, I have grown spiritually so much. I have truly grown. These topics truly help me move forward and become a better person. So I will continue to do them as long as God says do them. So uh, keep the show in your prayers. Tell someone about the show. Uh, Continue to join in on Monday nights. If you cannot, then remember that all shows are archived for you to listen later. So I know we're getting ready to approach football season again, so I may lose some of you guys, but do remember that the shows are archived and do share it with your football buddies as well. So that being said, I'm going to check the chat line once more and the phone lines. We're okay there. Okay. Let's check the chat. And we're okay there. So thank you all. Um, Come back for part two in the final conversation on Are You Spiritually Drowning with focus on um, the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. We'll end there and then move on uh, into our next topic, which right now I have no idea what that will be. But, again, thank you. You all have a great night. Uh, Thank you, and I look forward to sharing next Monday with you again. Thank you.